Hello everyone and welcome to the second in our series of 10 themes for investing for tomorrow. Each month I talk to an investment expert from Capital Group to discuss various issues and opportunities for investing for tomorrow. This podcast series is the second such series from Paper Jam and Delano together with Capital Group and each month we'll bring you a new topic so stay tuned. Now, today's topic is dividend comebacks, and to discuss this, I'm joined by Julie Dixon, who is Investment Director at Capital Group. Julie, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Absolutely wonderful to have you and your expertise. Now, to start off, for those who don't know, what are dividends? Well, dividends are just a simple way for companies to pay back to shareholders some of the cash flows that they make. Uh, throughout the year. So it's a form of income. We refer to that as dividend to yield, uh, basically where uh, investors can expect a certain amount of cash back uh, for the investments that they pay um, in companies in which they invest. Over the last few years, we've had a dramatically different backdrop to life as it was pre-pandemic, pre-war in Ukraine. All of this is hugely unsettling and has deep effects on how investors think and feel. What have you observed recently? Well, there's certainly so many dynamics um, in the market at the moment. And of course, investors are going to be very worried about how these dynamics are going to play out. And there's three key ones uh, that are really bubbling to the surface uh, as investors think about how uh, and where to invest their money. The first one is, of course, the volatility uh, as a result of continued concerns of inflation. uh, And uh, as a result of that, how central banks are going to be reacting to and responding to this rise in inflation to try to keep it under control. So there's a great deal of uncertainty around where inflation is going to go and how long it's going to last. There's uncertainty about the degree to which central banks are going to intervene to raise interest rates and therefore make borrowing more expensive. And the result of all of that uncertainty um, is, of course, results in a lot more market volatility. And are there any other repercussions that you have observed? Well, if there's one thing uh, that history, very recent history, has taught us um, is that markets can shift very quickly. Um, Nothing is sure. Uh, The degree to which a market will move, the direction in which it will move, the magnitude with which it will move, and the timing at which it will change is extremely difficult to predict. Um, And certainly companies that throughout the pandemic have enjoyed very strong capital growth, in particular those e-commerce platforms, for example, um, which have enjoyed that kind of growth even since the global financial crisis, uh, have seen very strong reversals this year, which actually started at the back end of last year. Uh, And so now the shift has gone from those really strong capital growers uh, to then now this really significant focus on inflation. And that has renewed interest in companies that are paying dividends um, where there's real cash flow coming back from those investments. There's also been a greater sort of a lower, if you will, tolerance for loss. Uh, So investors have become even more risk averse. And that renewed interest in dividend payers and growers is now becoming much more of a focal point in the marketplace. And then, given everything that you've just said, why should investors pivot to think more about incorporating dividend payers into their portfolio? Sure. And that's actually a really great question. What history has taught us is that dividend payers enable uh, a more significant but also smoother total return. So investors need to think about 
the total return on their investments that comes from both the capital uh, investment and or the return of their capital, as well as the income uh, that they're getting from that investment. They tend to be, as a result, a little bit less sensitive to interest rate variability and that inflation uh, because they tend to be less volatile. Um, and usually, companies are able to not only pay a consistent and sustainable dividend, but grow that dividend tend to be much higher quality as a result of that because they have very strong, sustainable cash flows. So companies that are able to continue to pay and even grow their dividends during times of crisis are a sign of very strong financial strength. Those companies have had that long duration of earnings growth um, over the last uh, few years, especially social media platforms, e-commerce companies, internet businesses, are much more sensitive to interest rates, whereas dividends, on the other hand, now have a real place in a portfolio. And then could you talk to us a little bit about the difference between dividend growth and dividend yield? So those companies that are tend to pay high dividend yielders you know, might borrow money and they might get into financial difficulties when things get more challenging. So those companies that, that were dividend yielders, high dividend yielders, suddenly become dividend cutters. Uh, and therefore, their share price will then go down because companies that cut dividends tend to underperform the market over time. That's why it's not just important to look at companies that pay high levels of dividends, but those companies are able to sustain those dividends and even grow those dividends. And companies that tend to grow their dividends have more of a growth profile around them because their earnings are growing, their cash flows are growing, and therefore their dividends are growing. So there has been a lot of debate about companies that pay high dividend yields be considered value companies, and those that tend to have more dividend growth uh, you know, tend to shift more towards growth stock companies. And so you have a much more well-rounded uh, portfolio when you consider both. So dividend yield is important, but in particular, and especially during market disruptions, dividend growth becomes an almost more defensive way of ensuring that those companies are still able to provide that income uh, during market disruption or during times of crisis. That's a fascinating distinction and a very important one. Thank you for explaining it to us, Julie. Now, where do you find the best dividend-paying companies in the market at the moment? In which sectors? Sure. And again, I'm going to shift between yield and growth in terms of dividends because different sectors do different things. So, for example, historically, uh, utilities, uh, real estate have been a very strong traditional dividend yielders. However, there's other uh, companies outside of the traditional dividend yield space that have been growing their dividends over time. And you'll see those in consumer staples. You'll see those even within technology, areas such as semiconductors that have been very strong dividend growers alongside dividend yielders. And so it's really important to cast a wide net and to really understand the dividend landscape in which you're investing outside the traditional high dividend yielding sectors in the market. It's really important to look at companies uh, in, you know, beyond just the dividend yields to have a very broad uh, view of dividend yields and grows across all sorts of different sectors in the market. And Capital Group has always had the next five to 10 years in mind, but still no one could have predicted what would have happened in the world since 2020. So how do you ride the wave of plenty and also keep in mind these extraordinary, possible, unexpected disasters? 
Well, when we invest, we're always thinking about what's going to happen for the next five to 10 years. Um, and it's really important uh, to keep in mind, you know, what price we're paying for that future stream of either growth or dividends, for example, or capital growth uh, for the next five to 10 years. Uh, we're very interested in protecting capital. Um, and we're not just focused on the most recent strong payers or the most recent strong uh, growers. And of course, in this environment, it's extremely difficult to look beyond what's happening in the volatility. Uh, and there's many uh, uh, no, uh, quotes out there about not just looking down into the valley, about in terms of how far the market goes down, but try to keep your, your mind focused on what's across the valley on the other side and see where, where did, how does that landscape look um, and where uh, are those opportunities uh, taking us? And so that's why it's very difficult, even though the vault is very high, to maintain a really disciplined, forward-looking, long-term uh, view on those equity markets uh, going forward. I really love that geological analogy when you're thinking about across the valley and with the valley and the drops and all the various landscapes ahead of us, there are also opportunities as the market drops. Are there any particular areas you're looking into? Sure. And this is an area, one of the challenges about a very volatile market is that from a returns perspective, it can be very difficult. Uh, returns are, are, are you know, negative or they're certainly very disappointing. Uh, the volatility is very elevated. So you have poor returns, you have heightened risk. Uh, it's not a great uh, environment to be as an investor uh, having experienced that. However, if you're still investing in this market and you're still putting capital to work, this could be a very interesting market uh, to invest in because volatility opens up uh, uh, opportunities uh, across sectors and across markets where you're starting to see the, the valuation of different companies begin to spread out. Uh, so there's some real buying opportunities in the marketplace at the moment. Um, areas even in real estate, um, companies focused on, for example, real estate companies focused on telecoms or focused on data centers for, or entertainment, uh, which have seen continued, if not renewed, uh, uh, strength and growth are attractive. And there are also strong dividend yielders along dividend growers. Uh, within technology, even though your classic technology companies uh, uh, may not be big dividend growers or yielders, semiconductors have been a very strong area and source of both yield and growth, for example. Uh, so that's an area that has been uh, particularly interesting for us. And of course, traditional, even traditional areas like consumer staples, uh, which tend to grow the dividends rather uh, um, uh, consistently over time and provide a nice, solid, stable base in a portfolio can be very attractive. And so what you'll find is actually a fairly diversified portfolio in areas where some might think, okay, that makes sense. It's a traditional sector uh, for dividends and other areas, maybe less so, uh, which are providing some very interesting investment opportunities. And finally, if we look to the future, <laughs> an impossible question as a final question usually, if we look to the future, what do you see? So one of the things that we see is that the rebalancing in the marketplace will continue. Um, now, as investors shift um, from this very strong uh, focus on high growth, high capital growth, those high technology and e-commerce platform companies and super high growth at any cost, to now a renewed interest into companies that have been overlooked for so long, especially dividend growers, dividend payers, high income, 
uh, traditional, even traditional value uh, companies, um, this will continue to be a transition environment. And with that, you know, that volatility is likely to continue. Another thing you know, that we also expect is that interest rates will continue to rise in the short to medium term, as again, uh, we have demand dynamics due to the pandemic, uh, no, uh, no clashing against supply issues coming from this geopolitical situation you know, in, uh, in Europe and around the world. Um, and that has, of course, uh, created a number of, of, of difficult transition issues in terms of how we grow out of this pandemic with these geopolitical forces at play. Nevertheless, it has also enabled um, you know, uh, an opening up of opportunities across the marketplace, whether it's the equity or even fixed income for that matter, where income is now really becoming a very interesting focal point, and we think that's going to continue uh, for the foreseeable future. Well, Julie, thank you so much for your time. And to find out more, you can check out our podcasts on investments on the Paper Jam Delano Capital Group websites. And of course, people can hear you on the previous series too, I believe. That is absolutely correct. I look forward again to seeing you in the future. Thank you. And our next episode will cover pricing power. Thank you so much for listening. This communication is of a general nature and not intended to provide investment advice or to be a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Statements attributed to an individual represent the opinion of that individual and may not necessarily reflect the views of Capital Group or its affiliates.